on the podcast for February, we're releasing two best of episodes that will feature some of our most popular episodes of season two. These episodes are for anyone just getting started or interested in raising money for their fashion brand. Enjoy. Welcome to Start Your Sustainable Fashion Brand. I'm Shannon Lore, the founder and CEO of Factory 45, the online business school for sustainable fashion brands. Whether you're looking for business strategy, marketing tips, or a 10-minute pep talk, this is the podcast for fashion entrepreneurs who want to take action, pursue their passion, and make waves in the fashion industry. Let's get started. Okay, let's get right into it with question number one. What is your USP? I talk a lot about your USP or your unique selling position, and I'll link to a past episode that you can go back to. But the first question you want to ask yourself when entering the fashion landscape is, how is your brand different? It's no secret that the fashion industry is both crowded and noisy. That doesn't mean there's not any room for your brand, but it does mean that you have to identify how you're going to stand out. Spend a lot of time brainstorming, thinking, and journaling about the ways You're different from your competitors and then narrow it down to the USP that will most connect or resonate with your ideal target customer. Question number two to ask yourself, what does success look like to you? Are you starting a side project, a lifestyle business, or trying to build an empire? There is no right or wrong here, but your answer will dictate how you start your brand. Will you be writing a 40-page business plan and pitching investors? I hope not. Or will you start out by bootstrapping, yes, with your own money and then organically growing based on market testing? As your brand evolves, what will feel successful to you? What wins or milestones are you looking forward to achieving? What will it actually feel like to reach the level of success that you're dreaming about? Question number three, how much money have you set aside to invest in building your business? The truth is, it doesn't take as much money as it used to to launch a clothing brand. And it doesn't even take as much money as people think. But you do have to have some money available to invest in starting your business. Through Factory 45, I've worked with entrepreneurs who invest a portion of their income every month into building their brand. And I've worked with others who have thousands of dollars set aside. But as long as you have some disposable income available each month, you can successfully launch using the bootstrapping techniques and money-raising strategies that I teach in Factory 45. Question number four to ask yourself, does your product or collection solve a problem? This goes back to the first question about your unique selling position, but it's not enough to say people need to wear clothes. Your brand or product must solve a deeper problem for your customer. Whether it's a specific problem, like creating adaptive fashion for people in wheelchairs, or a subjective problem, like helping women feel more beautiful when they get dressed in the morning, you must solve a problem for your ideal target customer. I have more thoughts on this in a previous episode that I'll link to in the description below. Question number five, are you appealing to a niche customer? Did you hear me say ideal target customer earlier? 
just as important as solving a problem, you want to make sure that when you're first starting out, you've narrowed down your market to a niche customer. Why? Because the more specific about who your brand is here to serve, then the faster those people will be able to find you and then come out to buy from you. While I'm all for being inclusive, that's very different from being broad. If you're too general about who your target customer is, then you're going to have a really hard time building an audience. I always tell my entrepreneurs in Factory 45, if you're trying to appeal to everyone, then you'll end up appealing to no one. Your target audience can expand as you gain traction and as you grow, but in the beginning, my advice is to niche down. Question number six, what is your ideal retail price point? This is the price that you want to sell your product for. Your ideal retail price is dictated by your customer's price tolerance as well as your cost of goods sold. In other words, your retail price needs to reflect how much it costs to make your product. That's the materials, the labor, the packaging, all of it. If you're selling direct to consumer, then your retail markup can be less than if you're also selling wholesale to boutiques or stores. No matter what you price your product at, though, you need to make sure there's a profit so that you can continue investing money back into your business. Question number seven, what do you need to outsource? We can't all be good at everything. Identify your strengths, whether it's designing or marketing or branding or finance, and identify your weaknesses. In most cases, you'll want to automatically outsource your pattern and your sample making to a professional, as well as your production to a manufacturer. But are there other things that would make sense to outsource so that you can spend time dominating your strengths and not stressing about your weaknesses? Figure out what those things are, and then one by one, start to eliminate the things you're not good at from your day-to-day. Question number eight, should you seek out a co-founder? Is there someone out there who can be the yin to your yang? Do you work better with partner accountability, or do you prefer a solo show? I run companies both ways, once with a co-founder and once as the sole founder, And I can tell you firsthand, there are pros and cons to both, so figure out what makes the most sense for you. And the last question to ask yourself, question number nine, what is your why? I left the most important question for last. What is the why behind your brand? What is all of this for? And why are you doing it? Entrepreneurship is an endless roller coaster, and you're going to be constantly asking yourself what you got yourself into. Your why is the answer that you'll keep coming back to during both the low points and the high points. So it's really important to figure it out before you get started. First, a disclaimer. There is no way to truly know if you have a good business idea until you put it out there and see if people will pay for what you're creating. They have to get out their wallets. That's just the truth. The real test is when you ask people to put down their hard-earned cash to buy what you're selling. With that said, there are ways to do the work up front so that you get a better sense of whether a business idea is worth going after. And it starts with these four things. 
One, market research. I'm not talking about reading trend reports or browsing glossy magazines or going into your competitor's retail store, although, you know, those are all good things to do. But when I talk about market research, I want you to find the actual words and phrases that your ideal customer is using to talk about the clothes they want and buy. To do this, I want you to start looking at your competitors' Instagram accounts. Identify the top five brands that you would identify as your future competitor, the bigger the audience, the better, and browse through the comments on their posts, their reels, and videos. What are their customers saying about their clothes? What are they complaining about? Which posts feature garments that get the most likes, comments, and reactions? Which phrases, words, or even emojis are their customers using to talk about the products that may be similar to what you're creating? And then I want you to do the same thing on Amazon or the product pages of some of the bigger brands. Look at the five and four star reviews for what people are loving about the fit, the fabrics, the design, the functionality, the colors, etc., And look at the one and two and three star reviews for what people are disappointed by, criticisms, critiques, and what they were really looking for in the garment. Browsing the reviews and feedback of your competitors can be a goldmine of market research, information, and ways to make your brand and products better. The second way to know if you have a good business idea is to talk to your ideal target customer. First, of course, you have to identify who you think that person is, and there are many different ways to do that, but once you figure it out, you need to have real conversations. Yes, like IRL, or at least on FaceTime or Zoom. This takes effort. What person under the age of 45 wants to actually pick up the phone and have a non-texting conversation, right? Not many of us these days. But it is so important to be able to hear the words and see the facial expressions when talking to your ideal customer. So set up the time. Most people are willing to help an aspiring entrepreneur, especially if it's a friend or family member who falls into your ideal target market, and ask questions that relate back to your idea and what you want to create so you can learn what your potential customer is looking for in the product you're making and the brand you're building. Listen, record, and take notes so you can write down the exact phrases they're using to describe the problem they're having and the solution you want to provide them. The third way to identify if you have a good business idea is to ask yourself, do you have a unique selling position? This is your USP. In other words, how are you going to stand out in a crowded market? What makes your product or brand different from the competitors I mentioned earlier? It's no secret that the fashion landscape is crowded. So you need to really ask yourself, what is it about your idea that is unique? Why would someone buy from you instead of another similar brand on the market? When you're able to come up with a really solid answer to that question, then that's when you'll know you're on to something. And finally, ask yourself, Are you solving a problem? This is the fourth way. Are you solving a problem? The problem your brand, product, or collection is solving 
needs to be more than, you know, people need to wear clothes, obviously. But it doesn't need to be groundbreaking or a unique invention necessarily. Can you identify what problem you're solving for your ideal target customer and explain it in a way that is at least slightly different from your competitors? Here are some examples of past brands that have launched through Factory 45. Pure Color Baby is a children's wear brand made from organic fabrics. Because the price point of organic cotton is on the higher side, and most parents don't want to buy expensive clothing that their baby will just, you know, grow out of in three months, Pure Color Baby designs their clothing based on grow with me sizing. This allows the garment to span across 6 to 18 months of sizing rather than 3, and their customers get much more use per wear. Juan Woods is a Factory 45 graduate that creates cottagecore garments. Cottagecore is an aesthetic that celebrates simple living, particularly in the countryside, and has been rapidly growing in popularity. Juan Woods offers garments for those people who are looking for peasant dresses, full skirts, puff sleeves, and natural fabrics that romanticize rural living. Another Factory 45 alum who is also one of our mentors in the Factory 45 program is Kendall Wilson, who runs Vesta Studio. She's solving a problem for people who identify as vegan and choose not to wear any animal products. She uses only sustainable vegan fabrics in all of her collections. So that's it. Once you identify those four things and take action on getting answers, you'll have a much better understanding of whether you have a good business idea or not. So many thoughts. Where do I begin? Okay, um, let's start here. There is a myth or a false belief being perpetuated by social media, uh, business coaches, and so-called experts that in order to be a legitimate entrepreneur and start a legit business, you have to give everything up. You have to go all in. You have to quit your job and have no backup plan so you can dedicate all of your time and energy into starting your business. The message is that you have to go all in on your dreams, and if you don't, then you don't believe in yourself enough, that you're not serious, and that if you don't give 110%, then you'll only ever have a side hustle or a hobby, and I call BS on all of that. Here's what I know. I've started three businesses over my 10 plus years of entrepreneurship, and while I was starting each one, I worked a job at the same time to make money and support myself. And do you know what? Working that J-O-B is one of the biggest factors that I attribute to my success. Why? Because I didn't have to rely on the revenue of my businesses to support me until it was financially stable. So while I was starting my clothing brand back in 2010, I worked as a waitress and a bartender to pay my bills. When I was starting my consulting business in 2012, I worked as a content and communications manager for an author. Uh, When I was starting Factory 45, I went back to bartending. It wasn't until 2015 and, 
you know, I saw the financial projections for Factory 45 as well as enough cash coming in that I poured my last drink and quit bartending for good. In fact, this is what my life looked like for a solid six years. Head to the bar at 7 p.m. to start my shift, work until last call at 2 a.m., clean up, close down the bar, wind down. I got home around 3, 3.30 a.m., wake up at 9.30 a.m. and work on my business during the day until my shift started again at 7 p.m. the next night. Let me tell you, it was a grind. But also, working a day job from 9 to 5 every day or longer is a grind too. And bartending gave me the freedom during the day to work on my business. It also gave me another kind of freedom. The freedom to not make major decisions under pressure. I knew that in the early stages of building any type of business, when things are so new and so vulnerable, the last thing you want is to rely on that fledgling business to support your livelihood. So whenever people ask me, should I quit my day job to start my fashion brand? My answer is always going to be no. Not only is it important to have an income for things like your rent and groceries, but every new business comes with expenses. In the case of a fashion brand, you're going to want to have cash flow to put towards things like patterns and samples and photo shoots. I found that even when people have a chunk of savings, you know, they've saved up money to put towards starting their brand, they still feel restricted in how they're going to spend it because it's a finite amount. It's going to run out. There is a freedom in knowing that you have money coming in every month. And, you know, what a privilege to be in that position. It's not something to be taken for granted. Okay, so if I've convinced you to keep your day job while you're starting your fashion brand, that brings us to the next question, which is, should you tell your boss that you're starting a business? To be fair, the answer to this is nuanced and depends entirely on your unique situation, your your job, the relationship you have with your boss, the work culture, so many factors. With that in mind, I'll just share how some of my past entrepreneurs in Factory 45 have navigated the situation. One person who wished to be unnamed said, I decided not to tell my employer because I didn't want to risk losing my means of salary that was crucial to funding my own venture. I also thought it would create unnecessary tension that I wanted to avoid. On the other hand, Tiffany said, I didn't have an intentional conversation with my employer about starting my own business, but I didn't make any great efforts to hide it either. I'm friends with so many colleagues, including supervisors on social media and in person, and it would have been pretty impossible to keep it a secret. That said, they found out when the rest of my social media network did, and I launched my website online. She went on to say, I was pretty nervous about the idea of them finding out, but I also knew that as long as I was doing my job well, it shouldn't be a problem, and I always made my quote-unquote real job the priority. And then Colleen said, I was about three months into Factory 45 before I told my boss. I eventually had to because I often had to stop at my pattern maker in the morning or had to leave early to pick up fabrics, etc. They were understanding, but they made it a point that my project management position came first. 
I always felt a little on pins and needles, juggling both jobs and feeling a little timid about asking to leave early. So there you have it. Three different scenarios and outcomes of navigating your business and your job. I will say all three of these people ended up leaving their day jobs eventually to run their businesses full time. They just didn't do it right away. I hope that's helpful advice to hear and a different way to think through the possible compulsion to just go and quit your job. Uh, It's something you should really think long and hard about. And if you do make the decision to leave, then I would make sure you have a significant chunk of savings, at least five to $10,000 saved up, you know, depending on where you live, what the cost of living is, and you want to have the means to make money in another way, let's say freelancing or a side hustle or bartending like I did or babysitting if you have to. I've also put together a free manufacturing checklist for you so you'll know exactly which steps you need to take to get your product made. You can download this checklist for free so it keeps you organized from start to finish. The link is in the description below. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you next week.